This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What is your next mission from God? We all have one. God has something in mind for us right where we are. Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julian Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives. I have met a new friend in the body of Christ, servant of God, Julia Greeley. She was born into slavery in Missouri. We don't have a birth date for her because she was never told. We do know that she was born sometime between 1833 and 1848. She received a bad injury that stayed with her all her life. She was sick and her mother stayed home to take care of her and the slave owner got mad at the mother and whipped her or came after her and Julia got in the way. Anyway, she got her eye damaged. And so from a young age, she had this like drooping eye that stayed with her all her life. She was freed by the Emancipation Proclamation and she ended up in Denver, Colorado. How she got there was interesting. She went with a family of the of Colorado's territorial governor, William Giplin, and he was a Catholic. And he and his wife introduced Julia to Catholicism and she went, she fell in love with Jesus. She fell in love with the church. She was a free woman and she gave him her whole heart. And think about this, this is Denver, Colorado. This was not that long ago. You can go to her parish now. I went to the website and they have a whole section on Julia. You know, they talk about her and they're very, they're very pleased that she became a, a Catholic there. She was baptized at Sacred Heart Parish in Denver. Now, please note the word Sacred Heart because it is the theme of her Catholic life when she was well, we'd call it your birthday when you're baptized, you know, when you become a child of God, okay? Her child of God birthday was there at Sacred Heart Parish in Denver. She went to daily mass and she became a secular Franciscan. They called her the apostle of the Sacred Heart because this was like, you know, when God gives us a mission, he gives us a purpose. This is your focus. Well, Julia obviously knew that she was to propagate a devotion to the Sacred Heart, and she did. I thought that to get to know Julia a little more, we'll digress just a little bit into the Sacred Heart of Jesus and what is so unique and special about it, and then get back to her story. So the devotion to the, to the Sacred Heart began in the 1670s when Jesus appeared multiple times to St. Margaret Mary Alaco a visitation nun in France. You know, when he visited uh, Margaret Mary, he let her know how he wanted to be honored through the symbol of his heart and what he wanted done. She received, oh, many private revelations between the years of 1673 and 1675. Of course, there's so much that he said to her. There are a few major points. 
and one was receiving Holy Communion on the first Friday of each month, Eucharistic Adoration during Holy Hour on Thursdays, Celebration of the Feast of the Sacred Heart. These were like the three main points of what he was saying to her. We wonder, well, why this particular devotion and why this particular time in history? Well, in the time of Margaret Mary, there was a heresy spreading. And, and in every age of the church, there are heresies that spread. So sometimes we have to emphasize the thing in the church that would counteract that. And so this heresy was Jansenism. And Jansenism was very harsh. It focused on the wrath of God. It focused on human depravity. The love of God was absent in this movement of Jansenism. It denied human free will. It denied the mercy of God. It made people fearful and uncertain because it taught a predestination. So what was the point? People were already predestined whether they were going to live in friendship with God and go to heaven or not. It just was harsh. It took away hope. When Jesus gave us his heart, it was a way that people could approach God. And this is interesting because the God of the Old Testament was always after the heart of the chosen people. This way, instead of being God, a spirit, or abstract, or, you know, not as approachable, being Jesus with a real human heart, a fully divine heart, and a, and a fully human heart, this was the way that we could approach him. And this is how he wanted to be approached, through his heart. Julia, she had had, she'd seen some hard times. She'd lived in slavery. She knew all the horrors of it. She did. And this was like the thing that healed her. It healed her heart. It's a way of healing our broken heart. We can't live in this world and not have a broken heart. And we know that Julia Greeley did. But God healed her heart and used her heart to reach others and bring them to his love. So let's talk a little bit about heart because, you know, it can be kind of an abstract thing. What is it? Like it's a valentine or like it's an emotional fuzzy thing. What is the heart? Well, the church teaches us what the heart is. So I'm going to read something from the catechism and it's beautiful. According to scripture, it is the heart that prays. The heart is the dwelling place where I am, where I live. It's the place to which I withdraw. The heart is our hidden center beyond the grasp of reason and beyond others. Only the Spirit of God can fathom the human heart and fully know it. The heart is the place of decision. It's deeper than our psychic drives. It is the place of truth where we choose life or death. It is the place of encounter because as image of God, we live in relation so it is the place of covenant. And that's from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And there's another way of putting it, that Father John Bartnuk of Catholic Exchange, I, I stole his quote because it just made it so real for me. The heart refers to the deepest center of the person, the irreplaceable and irreducible I of the unique human individual. All other powers of human nature flow from and depend on the heart. The heart is the biblical term that refers to the core identity of someone. I think that's a great way of, of putting it. 
Julia Greeley loved the Sacred Heart of Jesus. She spread devotion of it. We're going to get back into her life now. There's only one picture of her, and it shows her holding a little girl. And Julia has that drooping eye, and she has a floppy hat. And those are kind of her signature marks, is the droopy eye and the floppy hat, which we hear about her from, from the people who documented knowing her. But anyway, this picture was given to us by that child, that when that child grew up as an adult, she donated it to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Denver. She donated the picture to them. It's interesting because this little girl in the picture is a miracle. So Julia met her mother. She was there doing something for her mother in her mother's house. And this was a white woman. And she was very sad because she had lost a son many years before. And she was afraid to have more children and didn't think she could, et cetera, et cetera, and kind of poured her heart out to Julia. And Julia just was, a, she was a prophetess right at that moment. She said, there will be a little white angel running around this house. And so she prayed, and then the woman conceived and had this child that you see in the only picture that we have of Julia Greeley. And she was involved in everything that, that was going on in the church, and people did love her. But she had... Uh, her heart went out to the firemen because think about it, back in the later 1800s, being a firefighter was a pretty risky business. You know, it's not like today where they have, a, you know, they have a lot of equipment and sophisticated things to keep them safe as they save lives when houses are burning down. I mean, it's still risky, but back then it was really risky. And she wanted them to be prepared to die and to love our Lord. So she would visit the firehouse and she would bring supports and pamphlets and things about the Sacred Heart for them. She would pray with them, Catholic and non-Catholic alike. She, in her heart and in her prayer, she gave them to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. She entrusted them to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, those men. And she was very grateful it's interesting, uh, that, that's just so interesting that she would choose the firemen to be so devoted to, and, and they loved her. She was also known for pulling around a red wagon. She had kind of a nickname, Denver's Angel of Charity, and she'd put things in this wagon that people needed. And she was very much aware of the fact that some people would not want, who needed things or needed her help or her charity would not want to accept it because they're white and she's black and they didn't want to receive charity from, from an ex-slave. You know, that would mean that they were in pretty bad shape. You know, that whole pride thing about accepting charity. She helped them save face and preserve their, their dignity by bringing the things that they needed, you know, at night. And I know that there was a dance one time and some of these girls really wanted to go to this special dance and they didn't have their proper clothing to wear. And so she got them beautiful dresses and deposited those dresses at their house at night when nobody knew so that the girls could go to the dance. I mean, it's things like this that Julia just, she was humble and she saw souls and she saw people in need. And then if you had a prayer request, she had the saying, and it's just one of her sayings, like her floppy hat and her droopy eyes, you know, in her wagon, she pulled along. She would say, I'll put it in my canoe. If we have a heart's desire, we want to ask Julia Greeley, servant of God, Julia Greeley, to pray for us from her place in heaven. We might say, Julia, would you please put my petition in your canoe? Because that's, that's how it was when she was on this earth. 
it's interesting to me that she couldn't read or write. She was uneducated, but she learned to play the organ. And she, she had a good intellect because even though she was uneducated, she would listen to the mass and listen to the music, taught herself to play the organ, of course. And then one day somebody asked her to sing and she chanted in Gregorian chant the entire mass. Can you believe that? Uneducated, can't read or write. So she had a, a powerful intellect uh, because she, you know, by demonstration of her memory and where her focus was on Jesus and the mass. The things that she did struggle with besides being poor herself was arthritis in her later years. So anybody who struggles with arthritis and still feels they've got a mission to do for God, Julia Greeley is your gal to, to intercede for you. The Feast of the Sacred Heart falls on the third Friday after Pentecost. And that's the day she died on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, which makes sense. She was baptized at Sacred Heart Parish in Denver, Colorado, and she died on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. There are some things about Julia in her heart that she just really understood, and we need to understand them too. One was that she was a free child of God, and she lived as one. She didn't live like a slave. She didn't act inferior at all, but she was humble and she knew her dignity. She didn't have to prove herself. She understood that every human being should receive the love of God through the sacred human, real flesh and blood heart of Jesus. And she knew she was safe in his heart no matter what happened. She understood that forgiveness is the only way through. And that makes me think of Maximilian Kolbe because he was in Auschwitz and he suffered a lot. He was counseling one Jewish man who was really suffering from hatred. He was suffering from hatred to the Nazis, right? Just like a slave would suffer from hatred to their owners, maybe, okay? That kind of a thing. And Maximilian Kolbe was counseling this man and while they're in the prison, and he said, love is the only creative response. That really made me think. I thought, wow, love is the only creative response. Everything about God creates. We're made in His image. We create too. I'm creating this program for you. We are always about like God creating. And love is the only answer to what was happening to them. And it's the only creative response. It's something you'd hear Immaculate say, you know, she was part of the genocide in Rwanda. Love is the only way. And Julia Greeley knew that. She demonstrated it. She understood that we can only reach human hearts by acts of love, but by respecting the, the person's human dignity and not making them feel belittled or shamed. There's a way to do it, and she knew how to do it. I think that Julia Greeley and Mother Teresa would have been great friends in this life. But you know what? I think they're friends now. And Julia Greeley can be your friend too. It's been my pleasure to share the story of Julia Greeley with you today. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love you. 
You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Onderko, produced at the studios of Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit MatradayRadio.com. To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit CatholicFinishStrong.org. That's CatholicFinishStrong.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.